0: Good morning. Great to see all of you here today. My name is Pastor Brad. I'm the Worst Barts Pastor here at New Life, and uh, if you're a first-time guest with us here today, just want to take a moment and just especially say thank you so much to you for making time to come out uh, to church today. We're so glad that you're here, part of our church family, and uh, we plan for you to be here. Hope that you've had a great experience so far, and I have something else for you to do a little bit later on in the service, so hang with us until that point, and uh, it'll be a really great thing. So thank you so much to those of you who are joining us online, thank you for being part of our church family today, whatever it is that you're doing, uh, we're just glad that you're here tuned in with us as well as we continue our summer series, Mountain Monologues. We're in uh, part 13. Man, part 13, has this been a good series for you? Yeah, it's been a great series for, for me, uh, and I think a lot of it is just, man, we're just looking at what Jesus said, we're pulling out the principles and we're applying those, and we know that when we do that, our lives are transformed, and that's the amazing thing about Jesus' teaching. Jesus teaches us the way that we should live if we want to receive life, the life that God gives to us. And he talks about things like gossip and judging others, and he talks about loving one another and not getting angry, and he talks about adultery, and he doesn't really leave anything out so that we can have the full instruction of God so that we can live the life that God has for us he wants us to live the god life and so jesus is giving us that truth in the in the sermon on the mount and that's where we actually get the name for the series mountain monologues it was just jesus going up onto a side of a of a mountain more like a hill but but a mountain so he could speak down to many 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 people and and instruct them in the ways of God. Now, the last three weeks, we focused on three outward expressions of our faith. We looked at uh, giving generously. We looked at prayer. And then last week, Pastor Barry did a great job of teaching uh, from Jesus' instruction about fasting. And we looked at those things, and and we dug into them to, to see how our faith is expressed as we apply it in our life. Now, today, Jesus shifts his focus a little bit and moves more to an internal battle that happens within all of us. And so we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse uh, 19. So if you have your Bible and you want to open it up, I would encourage you to do that. If you have your Mountain Monologues book, I believe it's on page 31, if I remember correctly. Uh, And I want to encourage you, uh, as we're studying these things, uh, just get those Bibles out. You know, one of the cool things about... Our phones is you can have a Bible on it and you can highlight stuff and make notes and things like that. It's really, really helpful so that if God shows us something and when he shows me something, I oftentimes will just pull my phone out and put that note in there because a lot of times I'm not carrying my, my Bible around with me. So I've got that there and then I can go back later and write it in um, my study Bible if I want to do that. So I would encourage you to do that as we look at this together. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 24. Here's what it says. Jesus is speaking, he said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, and your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you that you have given us your word so that we can learn from it, so that we can take your truth and apply it to our lives and be transformed and experience the life that you have for us. So today, God, my prayer is that you would come and just open our hearts so that we might receive and be changed today by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we look at that scripture, let's remember Jesus' audience. Again, Jesus is speaking to a very large crowd, and within that crowd there are rich people, there are poor people, there are influential people, and there are marginalized people. It's a very diverse crowd, and yet Jesus is speaking all of these truths in the Sermon on the Mount because they all apply to all people. But this one in particular is a very, very deep battle that happens within all of us. And it's very important for us to understand what that battle is and apply Jesus' truth so that we can be set free from it. Now, we as Americans struggle with this battle But most of the time we don't even notice it. And a lot of times that's because we don't even know we're in a war for our soul. But Jesus wants us to know that. And that's why he spoke these words and taught so that we could receive the freedom. So with with what do we battle? Well, in a word, materialism. Materialism. Now I want to give you a definition of materialism so we're all working off of the same idea here. Materialism is is, uh, the tendency to consider material possessions and physical comfort as more important than anything else. Materialism is the tendency to consider material possessions or physical comfort as more important than anything else. Now, spiritually speaking, and actually scripturally speaking, materialism has a synonym, and that synonym is idolatry. Idolatry is just simply putting anything above God. And when we put material things above God. We're actually committing idolatry. So in, other, in essence, material, uh, materialism is the idolatry of stuff. That's what materialism really is. It's the idolatry of stuff. And Jesus knew our tendency toward idolatry. He knew that we, just in our natural state, we are prone to put a lot of things above God. We'll put relationships before God. We'll put, uh, we'll put our cars before God. And, and most of all, we'll put money and possessions before God. And so that's why he's instructing. That's why he teaches, because he wants us to understand that if we trust our stuff more than the stuff maker, we're in big trouble. And so Jesus explains as we take a closer look here. Let's look again at verse 19. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven and do not where, where thieves do not break in and steal. Now, you've probably heard the term fake news, right? You ever heard that term before, right? You know, everybody has, right? Fake news, right? And uh, I want you to understand something. There's, there is fake news um, out there, and I will not tell you where it is, because uh, I honestly sometimes don't even know what is fake and what is real anymore. It's really hard. But the same thing applies in our lives, too. There, there is fake treasure and there is real treasure. And Jesus wants us to understand that, that real treasure is that which lasts forever. It's eternal. But fake treasure is easily destroyed. So easily, in fact, things like moths and rust can make those things useless. And so that treasure becomes absolutely useless. Now, I think it's interesting here that Jesus uses the, the, the image of a moth. Now, the other night, I was out in the living room with my wife. We were watching a, a show, and uh, all of a sudden, we hear this, like, blood-curdling scream from the bathroom. And out comes my daughter in a panic, just running out. I thought, I thought something was really happening. And she says, there's a moth in the bathroom. I got to tell you guys, I did not know that moths can actually eat small human beings in one <laughs> fell swoop. I, I had no clue. And so I jumped up, you know, because I was like, ah, you know, dad mode here. And so I, I run into the bathroom, super dad that I am. I'm going to take care of this moth. And I look up, and there he goes. I'm like, ah, you know, doing that thing like there's just something about it. You don't know if they have a stinger or not. But anyway, so, so it flies over, and it goes to its secret hidden layer in the curtain. And so I went over to that curtain, and I went, Poof. and as I did, that moth exploded in my hand and gross moth dust just covered my hand. And I thought to myself, that's disgusting. Now, I don't want to offend any any animal um, lovers in here, but can we just agree that moths are gross, right? I mean, just absolutely disgusting. But I have to admit something to you. (laughs) As I'm leaving the bathroom, I'm going, (laughs) from dust to dust, sucker. took care of that, annihilated that thing right there. And I said, Kai, you can go back into the bathroom. So she returned safely. Now, it's interesting because when, they, when, when the moths are in their, in their um, adult form, they're very fragile. I mean, really, I could have probably blown on that thing and it would have just went and fallen apart, right? I mean, we all know that. But in the larva stage, moths are actually extremely destructive, they will destroy fabric. They'll destroy clothes. They'll eat holes in all kinds of things if they can, if, they, if, they, uh, if the larvae are there. In fact, my parents used to use these things called mothballs. You know what those are? I will never forget that smell in my whole life. But I just have one complaint. Why do they look like candy, and why do they call them something like malt balls? I do not understand that. My mom, I mean, she shows them to me, do not eat these. Do not eat these. These are not candy. These are not malt balls. These are mothballs. And so I struggled with that growing up. Every time I saw one, I was like, ah, ah you're not getting me, all right? But, but you do that to protect the, your, your possessions, from the moths, so that they won't lay their eggs in the fabric, and so the larvae then won't eat the fabric. But, you know, Jesus then says, well, listen, there, there are bugs that do that, but there's also natural processes that do that here on the earth, and rust is one of the most destructive ones, uh, especially if you've ever owned a Ford. You know that, that rust just eats a hole through every Ford that has ever been created, and I don't know why that is. My Toyota is 10 years strong, and it's got some rust spots, but no holes. It's amazing. You know, um, just kidding, by the way. I don't care what car you drive. Uh, as long as it gets you from point A to point B, it's all good. Somebody said, hey, can you do a shout out for Dodge Ram? Dodge Ram is good. All right, so there you go. Okay? <laughs> It'll rust too, all right, unless it's made of fiberglass, but you don't want to run that thing off the road, <laughs> all right? So, so here's the thing, right? So rust destroys and moths destroy, and then Jesus says, and actually other people who have ill intent will come in and steal from you so that what is yours is no longer yours. And Jesus is, is making a point here, and his point is this, that possessions on the earth are not worth Well, that almost rhymed. I should have kept going there. But um, they're not worth investing all of the worry and anxiety that we often give them. It's not worth it. Because something as simple as a moth or something as corrosive as rust or maybe even people with ill intent will go in and they will take it. Everything we own is temporary. Everything that we own on this earth is temporary. And here's here's how I know that. Number one, moth's going to eat it. Number two, dust is going to destroy it. Somebody's going to take it from you, or you're going to die. And guess what? We can't take things with us when we leave this earth. You know, and and that's something that that we need to understand, especially as a follower of Jesus. This is so important. This is crucial for us. That The investments that that we make, we need to make not here. We need to make them somewhere else so that they matter forever. Here's what Jesus said. Verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. You see, real treasure is treasure we lay up in heaven. Now, this is a very abstract thought. And I want us to understand this the very best that we can. And I know that when we read something like this and we go, Jesus said lay up treasures in heaven. Okay, well, what does that mean actually? Well, Warren Wiersbe, he was a prolific uh, pastor. He was a prolific author, actually a commentator on the scriptures. He said this, and it helped me understand what it means to lay up treasures. Here's what he said. What does it mean to lay up treasures in heaven? It means to use all that we have for the glory of God. It means to hang loose when it comes to the material things of life. It also means measuring life by the true riches of the kingdom and not by the false riches of the world. So what Warren Wiersbe is saying here is that we have to use all that we have, our time, our talent, our treasure, and our touch, all of that for God's kingdom. And all of us will have different amounts of treasure. All of us will have different amounts of of talent, but we all have the same time, and we'll all have different amounts of, of the ways that we can interact with other people. That's the touch portion. Okay, so... We have have different and varying degrees of three of the four of those things. But what Warren Wiersbe is saying and what Jesus is pointing out is we need to use all of those things, which, by the way, are gifts from God anyway. You know, our abilities to make money, our, our abilities to have a job, our abilities to be successful in life are all gifts from God. James said that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights. That is our heavenly Father. So those gifts... actually don't even belong to us. We're just stewards of them. We're using them. And so we use them to invest them into the gift giver's kingdom so that we can see a return on that investment. So what does it mean? It means at least the people whom we have influence over with our time, talent, treasure, and touch, as we share the gospel with them, we will take them with us to heaven. If they receive the the gospel, if they believe in Jesus and trust Him as as their Lord and Savior, then we will be with them forever. You see, and this is the whole point. Jesus is saying, listen, we must invest in eternity. We must invest in eternity. That's the key. We can choose to invest in a whole bunch of stocks and bonds and things like that here on the earth. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. That's actually a good thing as long as we're not doing that just for ourselves. But if we're doing that with the mindset that God is blessing us so that we can turn that around and invest it in His kingdom, then that is a very good thing. That is a wise thing to do. Jesus wants, Jesus was clear in the Scripture. In fact, he, he actually never magnified poverty. And He never talked about it was wrong to get, uh, to get wealth legitimately. He never talked about that. But what He did say in all of his teachings was this, it's not wrong for us to possess things, but it is wrong for things to possess us. It's not wrong for us to possess things. It's not. We can have great cars. We can have a great house. We can have a a great bank account. In fact, we could even have time. We might be retired or maybe we're not quite in in the full throes of a full-time job. We've we've got time on our hands. you know we've got tremendous amount of opportunity to share uh, appropriate touch with people you know going and being with them spending time we have that maybe we have that right now and it's in abundance we'll use that in the kingdom and i want to say it this way invest it back god is the one who gave us all of these things we need to invest it back then into the kingdom of god and i understand this is a hard concept for many of us myself included But we have to learn how to invest back into the kingdom of God. If we're going to experience freedom, true freedom, and true life, we have to get this. We have to understand. So Jesus makes clear to store up treasure, but not here. Here's the take-home point for today. This is the one thing I hope that as you walk out of here today, you'll know this. Jesus commands us to lay up treasures in heaven. So do you have a car? Use it for the glory of God. Do you have a great house? Use it for the glory of God. Host a small group. Make it a safe place for people who are hurting. Do you have financial resource? Invest it into the kingdom of God. Whatever it is that you have that God has blessed you in abundance with, use that for the, the glory of God. And even the things that you wish you had more of, begin to invest what you already have and watch what God will do as we invest in his kingdom because there is no greater return than that. So here's the thing. If we don't get this right, we're simply slaves to our stuff. That's what Jesus wants us to understand in this teaching, that that we're going to serve something and there is a right thing to serve and a wrong thing to serve. And if we want to experience the life that Jesus said he came to give us, then we actually need to follow his teaching. We need to listen to him. We need to be set free from the bondage of stuff. Now, materialism enslaves us. It actually enslaves our whole being. In fact, Jesus is pointing out here in this scripture that it enslaves our heart, it enslaves our mind, and it enslaves our will. And we can't live free if we're enslaved. And so Jesus wants us to get out of that and break free from that in His power. So how do we do that? Well, let's look at these a little closer. Number one, our heart. Jesus said, For where your treasure is, there your heart will will be also. See, our hearts follow our treasure. And when we treasure stuff, we will do whatever it takes to get it and keep it. I used to have a friend who... Uh, he he bought really nice cars, and, and that was fine. Nothing wrong with that. But he would spend inordinate amounts of time waxing that car and washing that car every other day. Every other day? I haven't washed my car in 10 years. It's still working, you know, and I'm, I'm thankful to God for that, um, but... Every other day, I mean, that's crazy. That's a ton of time that probably could have been invested somewhere else. And and nothing against what he was choosing to do there, except for the fact that it was probably not the best choice. There was a better choice. You see, but he was following his heart. And we all do that. And maybe it's not a car for you. Maybe it's a... I don't know what it is. But whatever it is for us, for us individually, we need to identify that. And we need to call it for what it is. We become slaves to our stuff, and our stuff will never offer us anything more than its function. It really won't. And eventually that function, according to Jesus, (laughs) will become useless anyway. Or somebody else will own it. So, how do we break free? To break the bondage of materialism over our heart, we must offer our stuff to God and give it away when necessary. Offer our stuff to God and give it away when necessary. I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, if you're following Jesus, really, you get to sell everything. And you got to go on mission and serve him. And I would say, you know what? For some people, that's true. Because whatever it is in their life that God's calling them to do, they need to be obedient, they need to sell everything, and they need to go on mission wherever it is that God's calling them. But for most people, most of us, what that means is we need to use everything that we have, that God has given us, and invest it into His kingdom where we are. Invest it where we live, invest it where we work, invest it where we play, hang out, whatever. We need to take all of that and invest it where it is. We need to be ready to give it away. Because God... God might say, hey, listen, I need you to give your car to that person. and don't worry about it. I'll, I'll take care of it. I mean, listen, the Scripture says that God owns cattle on a thousand hills. That's a lot of meat. That's a lot of money. What does that mean? Our God's resources are endless, endless. If he's calling us to do something and we step out in obedience, he'll take care of the rest. So that's how we break the bondage over our heart. Number two, our mind. Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, that, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Now, Scripture often uses the eye in reference to attitudes of the mind. And we, we learn that as we read the scriptures and we see that, that, that when we're eye, our eye is dark, then we have darkness in us. But if our eye is good, that means that our minds have the right knowledge of God, then we will be full of light. And what Jesus is saying here in the context of, of this treasure on earth or in heaven is that when we try to gain uh, the, the wealth that we can on the earth, material possessions, we'll begin to have uh, double vision. And, you know, as followers of Jesus, we could do this. We, we can love Jesus with everything um, that that's, we feel like is inside of us, but still struggle with this thing of materialism. And what Jesus is saying is it's like having double vision. Now, if you've ever had double vision, you know that it's really, really hard to move forward in confidence because you're not entirely sure where you're actually going to end up. Now, all I have to do is take my glasses off. And the room has doubled right now. Um, You're all blurry and I can't see anything. But if I put my glasses on, I have clarity. You see, Jesus is saying we have to have our minds focused on the right things. You see, if our our goal on this earth is material gain, then our spiritual gain is darkness. That's a pretty dangerous thing. So our minds have to be set free from this bondage. So we have to set our eyes on Jesus. Because I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning, I'm a little you know, a little groggy and my eyes, I, well, I can't see anyway. But when I put my glasses on and then I'm able to focus, it's like things kind of come into vision, right? And that's what happens when we focus on Jesus. Things begin to make sense in our lives. And I feel like a lot of us, we pursue things in life, relationships, money, sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever, that you love, and you go after thinking that it will bring you or me fulfillment. And we're just left longing for more. And that's what Jesus is saying. No, 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 listen. Get me in focus, and you will find freedom. You will find clarity for your life. So to break the bondage of materialism over our mind, we must set our minds on Jesus' teaching and apply it to our lives. Set our minds on Jesus' teaching and apply it to our lives. That's what we've been doing through this series. We want to look at Jesus' teaching. What did Jesus say? So that we can apply that to our lives, so that we can be transformed, so that we can experience a life together that Jesus promised us. No no longer a life of confusion, a life of clarity. No longer a wandering life, a life of focus. A life of purpose. God is calling us into a purposeful life. But if we're going to do that, we have to be focused as we take Jesus' teaching and apply it. Then number three, our will. No one can serve two masters, Jesus said, for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So just as we can't move forward with double vision, we also can't serve two masters effectively. Jesus really wants us to understand this, that if we're trying to serve him with everything that we are, then we need to give him everything that we are. Our time, talent, treasure, and touch. is all for him. He can use it however he wants. But if we try to give some of that to him, but then pursue over here, we want to gain a little bit more treasure. We're pursuing that. Jesus is saying, that's not going to work out in the end. But here's the thing. Jesus is whispering to us. He's saying, listen, follow. Come this way there's freedom here and the world is shouting at us no 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 use this product and you will people will flock to you invest in this thing and you will be rich beyond your wildest imagination the enemy is trying to distract us so that we will not give everything we have to Jesus so that he can use it for his glory on the earth and we need to be very very careful what we use and the decisions that we make and what we will you see we can will to get rich and we can do everything that it takes to do that. We can go to school, get a great uh, job after school, and which, by the way, I learned engineering is a great field to go into uh, if you actually want to make money. Music is not. All right? I learned that. That's something very important. Now, my engineering friends did not have as much fun in college um, as, as I, I did. Um, and I was good in college. Listen, I, I was a very good boy. Uh, but I, I've just learned that over the years. So if you're thinking about going into music, let's talk. Because I believe that God can use both of those things for his glory. I really do. But here's the thing. We can make a decision. We can will a decision. Hey, I'm just going to go be an engineer because I want to make a ton of money. I want to be successful. I want my name out there. I want my name on, in magazines that matter in that field. But the reality is, that's all we're going to get. If that's all we give, that's all we're going to get. And we can will to have that in our lives. So we have to do something with our will. We have to, every day, do something with our will so that we can avoid that in our own power. So that we can invest in eternity. And here's what it is. If we want to break the bondage of materialism over our will, we must submit our will to Jesus daily. Submit our will to Jesus daily. And here's what will happen. Those of us who went to school for music will use... Our musical gifts for the kingdom of God, those of us who went to school for engineering, we'll use our engineering gifts for the glory of God. Those of us who went to school to be teachers, uh, those of us, whatever it is that you went to school for, you can use that decision that you've made. Even if it was wrong back then, it can be made right today as we change and align our will with God's will. and we submit to His will. So what does that mean? Well, it just simply means this. when you wake up in the morning, say, "Jesus today is yours, use it how you would. Send me where you want me to go." Make me attentive to what you are saying, and I will do it. And that's aligning our will with his. Only as we submit to Jesus can he use our lives for his glory. And you know what's amazing about this is Jesus said that his yoke was easy and his burden was light. Do you want to know what the yoke of materialism is? Anxiety. And the burden is fear. Never going to have enough. Not going to have enough. That car is going to stop working. It's going to rust. Pastor Brad said, I have a Ford. I don't know. <laughs> okay, no. When we go after stuff, we, we become anxious. We've got a lot of responsibilities. It makes us fearful. What happens if? Listen, Jesus is way better. Jesus is way better. So let's stop screwing around with material things, and start investing in eternity together. Materialism is the idolatry of stuff. And if we live for our stuff, we're going to have problems. You know, when when the stuff that we own owns us, that's a problem. But if we will own the opportunity to invest back into the kingdom, if we will give back to the Lord, what He's graciously given to us. He will take and He will use that no matter how small or how big that investment is. He will use it for His glory. Now, I said something about the heart earlier, and I want to focus on that just for one second, and that is this that the heart actually encapsulates all of this. Jesus said, Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Here, He said, Where your treasure is, your heart will be. The point that Jesus is making is that all of this happens out of the context of the heart. So, our motivations lie within our heart, and then from our motivations come our actions. And so, if we really want to break materialism over our whole life, really the key is we have to be ready to give. So, if you would do this with me right now, I learned this last night. Put, put your arms straight out right now, like this, okay? People last night were like this. <laughs> to the people, to the, I think some of them planned that, but you know, so, so like this. We're going we're gonna to pretend that we're going to live like this before the Lord. Because when we live like this, we're saying, hey, God, everything I have is yours. You can use this for your glory. But if we live like this, we're going to have anxiety. We're going to have fear because we're in control. You can put your arms down. We need to live like this before the Lord. And when we give of our time, talent, treasure, and touch, when we invest that back into the kingdom of God, It's amazing the things that happen. In fact, some incredible things happened this week here at New Life. We had Summer Explosion, which is our VBS experience, and it was awesome. Uh, I get to sit in the back and do all the tech for that uh, experience, and it's really fun because I get to watch the leaders and the kids just worship Jesus and have an incredible, incredible time. But I want you to know something about those leaders. Those leaders every night gave of their time and their talent to come here and invest in our, ki- in our kids and in the kids of the community. And they did an incredible job. The kids loved worshiping. I mean, honestly, like they would be like, are you excited to be here? And they were like, ah! And, you know, like kids can scream. I have four kids. I know they can scream. But when you have over 200 kids in this room screaming, ooh! Like every night I was like, oh, okay, I, yep, a little bit of blood there, you know. <laughs> Just it was crazy loud. But they were so excited to worship. And, and to know God and to hear from Him. In fact, I want to give you a little taste of what happened this week. Let's watch this video as we see what went on here. Can we give it up for our kids' team? I mean, they just killed it. It was awesome. We saw 24 kids give their lives to Jesus. You saw that on the screen. That's amazing. 24 kiddos who, who just did not know about God, now know about him, that, that uh, they can have a relationship with him. Man, it's just such an incredible thing. They're on their way to heaven. Hallelujah. That is amazing. Yeah, they just did an awesome job. Really did, really did. But you know what? Those those leaders came back every night. They were living like this before the Lord. And I gotta tell you, after that first night, that first round of screams, that'd be pretty challenging. But they love those kids. We love those kids. We want every kid in Saxonburg and this region to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior because God loves us so much that He sent Jesus to live and die for us. God raised him from the dead so that we could be welcomed into his family. So I don't know where you're at today. I don't know how your life is. Maybe you're in a spot where God's not part of your life and you're here because somebody made you come here or you're here because you've heard about Jesus and you just want to know a little bit more about him. Listen, I want you to understand something. Jesus is so good. And he wants you to be part of his family. And today, all you have to do to be part of his family is to believe in him. That God sent him because he loved you. That he lived a life that none of us could live. He met God's standard of perfection. He died on the cross in our place and God raised him back to life again on the third day so that we could experience that life as we put our faith and trust in him. If that's you today, I'm going to pray for you in a minute. And I want you to pray with me to receive Jesus in your lives. But if you're in here today... And you've been living like this before the Lord. I'm going to ask you today to just begin with one finger, okay? Now, some of you might be able to do this immediately, but listen, I know that when we're enslaved to something, sometimes it's one finger and then the second and third and fourth and then eventually the whole hand. And we can live before the Lord as an offering ready to be used for His glory. So no matter where you're at as a follower of Jesus, I want us to live this next step together. It says this, I will lay up treasures in heaven this week by letting go of some of my earthly treasure. I want us to be free today. I want us to go out in freedom. Stop being enslaved to our stuff. but, But be free in the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much that you did come here and live for us and die for us and were raised back to life for us. And Father, if there are any in here today who need to for the very first time receive you, I pray right now they'll pray with me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that you, God, sent Jesus here for me. That he lived a life I couldn't live, that he died a death I should have died, and that you raised him back to life again, overcoming sin and death forever so that I could be with you forever. I believe that today, and I commit my life. I repent of my sin. Sin is gone, and the new life has come. I commit my life to you right now, Jesus, and it's in your name I pray. And Father, for those of us in here today who have made that commitment, but who may be struggling with this bondage of materialism, I pray, pray God, right now you would begin to just break that over us that your spirit would stir up freedom in us. As we begin to practice the things we talked about today, as we we begin to live before you saying, God, I want to give it away. And if you tell me to give it all, I'm giving it all. So that my heart can be free. I want to focus on you so I can have clarity in my mind. And I want to submit to you so that I can follow your will and not mine. Father, I thank you so much. That you are a good God who loves us and is patient with us as you work with us and in us to overcome these things in our lives. It's by your power and your power alone that we're set free. So Holy Spirit, do the work in us as we submit to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.